Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Kathleen Miners. She is a tech entrepreneur, founder of a nonprofit organization, an author, mentor, women's fitness expert, international speaker, and radio host. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. You are welcome to the show, Kathleen. You are welcome to India in this online form. And I'm sure not just in India, but a lot of people would want to understand, will benefit from what we'll be discussing about. We'll be talking about women in tech. And this is a wonderful topic to understand from you. You are a tech entrepreneur. So my first question uh, to you Kathleen, is to understand your journey itself into being a tech entrepreneur. Help us understand, you know, who Kathleen is. I've spoken so much. You do so many things. But in terms of tech, yes. how did you get there? Well, and I'll tell you, the older we get, right, there's more that comes to our list. So <laughs> I know. So you have to leave some things out. But as far as the tech goes, for me, it really started on a journey with social media. Right, I had to do with social media. I had my own business. I wrote a book. I got on social media for my fitness, but I didn't know much about social media. Like I didn't know really anything at all because I was doing face-to-face -face stuff because that's what we used to do, right? Everything was face-to-face. -face. That was the only way it could be done. So I had some coaches, took some classes, tried to learn as much as I could, had a successful business on, and, and the book did very well, and it was through social media. And then I started to realize, probably it was probably about two years ago, that you know I'm I'm working with a lot of women in business. I've got a friend who you know runs one of the biggest women in networking businesses in the in the world, actually. And but we didn't have a place for women or men to be able to have a social media site where they could also monetize their content within the same area. So we partnered with some developers you know, got a team together and started working on it. So that's really where it started. And so what we've got now, and it's still, you know, it's absolutely amazing. We just launched not too long ago and getting people on the platform. But my interest also came about, and I'll just tell you that, and then we can go more into the specifics, was, you know, I've got four children. And they range in age, you know, 31, 29, 19, and 18. And, you know, social media for my younger two was something that was obviously a part of their lives because the older two, you know, there was texting going on, but that was about it. And now we have all of this other stuff, all of the other social media sites. And with one of my teens, when they were in their, you know, just got to be a teenager, there was an issue that I did was not aware of. And I'm that kind of mom that really checks everything. All the phones have to be downstairs by 10 p.m. Everything has to be plugged in. I'm going to have the passwords. I'm going to check your phone. I mean, you know, the, the usual what you do because you're a good parent. You think you're doing everything you can, which you are. Um, but what I ended up finding out after we had some things that were not good at all happen was once I got really a hold of that phone, you know, like they say, a parent is like better than the FBI when they want to find something out. <laughs> so I was doing a lot of research on my own, trying to figure out what did I miss? Like, what did I miss? And the first thing, which maybe people know about this, I didn't know about it, 
was that there's apps that the kids put on the phone and they hide other things behind the apps. I had no idea. So, you know, I'm here, I am checking my kids' phones and I'm seeing things and I'm like, oh, well, this is all cool. There's nothing here to see. Pretty boring, to be honest. Um, but I didn't realize that if you press on the camera, which I thought was a camera, is really TikTok. You know, and then the things that the kids were watching on TikTok. And it was just all this stuff. I was like, where have I been? Like living under a rock? Like, so my my journey with tech really happened because of these things that I started to just do research on and say, how is this happening? How am I missing this? So it's also about educating parents, right, on things that I learned in a way that I, you know, I mean, it happens, it happened, it happened. Um, we're on the other side of it now, thank goodness. But I'm telling you, the things I, the things I still find out today, is crazy about what kids have access to. So one of the other tech it, projects, which is already completed that we have not launched yet, is a channel for kids to be able to put out their creativity. So for instance, you know, you see kids on YouTube, right? They're teaching people how to do whatever they want to teach other kids how to do. But the problem with that is there's no protection for the kids. So there can be a commercial in the middle. There can be any type of advertisement because it's super easy to be able to click when you put a, a video on, is this for kids or is this not for kids? Well, choose. <laughs> Nobody's going to check it. I mean, it's going to be hard to check. So just choose. So we've created a site. It'll be for seven. It's for 17 and under. And the parents have to have a, a part in the getting the kids on the site. They have to prove who they are, that it's their kid. I mean, there's a little bit involved in it. But, have, but, but we want kids to be safe because there's going to be things out there that kids, adults, people will have access to. But we want to protect our kids as long as we can. So that's how my journey started. And that's a little bit about what we're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh the kids uh, platform that is different than the one where individuals can monetize their varied passions and expertise? Um, and they're both different platforms, absolutely. However, the kids platform also has a portion where they can monetize. So you know how a lot of sites you have to have a certain amount of followers and you have to have a certain amount. Well, this is not like that. Um, you get on there, you can either have free content on there or you can charge for your content. Totally up to you. Um, people can give you tips if they want. They can do things like that. But it's, the platform is for children only, 17 and under. The other one is combined with a social media site. So they're kind of one intertwined with the other. And it has a great blogging system. So that was another thing, right? It was blogging. So many people like to write stories. They like to write articles, but they're not getting the reach that they'd like. So what we've done, the developers have done, is in the background, put those, those, a place for tags that they're going to get SEO optimized, right? Um, for the H1 and H2 headers that are already planted in there so that when these people place their blogs on there, then they're getting the maximum reach that they could get instead of just putting it on their website and then nobody ever sees it because nothing's optimized. So that was the portion where we wanted to really be able to help influencers, content creators. I mean, and this is of all niches, right? Um, everything, you know, from somebody who can play the piano and they'll even create a song for you, um, to somebody who's a business coach to, uh, you know, somebody who's teaching you how to make a certain craft or fix a car or anything like that. Um, you can monetize that content and you can give away some for free. 
Um, the thing that's great about it too is they can write their stuff and then some people learn differently, right? Some people are readers and that's how you obtain your information and other people obtain information by watching. It just depends on how we learn and there's no right way and no wrong way. So we wanted business owners and creators, right? Because you still are, if you're going to try to make money in any way, you're a business owner. You just are. You got to be able to run a business. Right. So we wanted to be able to help people be able to monetize that as easily as possible. And what we've done is, you know, there's back-end stuff, right? The payment system's already there. Everything's already there for you. So what it is is they you it's 15%. So 85% is what you get, you know, of what everything you sell. The rest of it on the back end is what helps us keep everything running. Right. Right, Kathleen. So yep. in terms of are these two platforms they are already running or when you, uh, when is it when are they getting Okay. Out? So the the one is so it's let me just tell you the the name. So ZZ Adam, ZZ A T E M and ZZ Fans, ZZ F A N Z, those are two combined and those are already running they're going. The um, other platform is already completed and will be coming in February. The reason why is because we have our beta testers on there. So we have our kid beta testers on there now, and we already know it works. We just want to make sure that we have the verification system already complete. I mean, safety really in our minds for this type of platform is our first concern because we want kids to be able to utilize the internet. We want them to be able to learn things from the internet we want parents also to know, to be able to know that when their kids go on these sites, that they're not seeing things, that it's not age appropriate, that is age appropriate, I should say, for them and something, you know, that's not. So that in February, that's when that should be ready to push the button for public. But we're really excited about it because, again, it's from my own experiences and, you know, we've got, you know, another mom on the team too. And it's our own experiences that we've dealt with with our own children. I mean, I have three grandkids now as well, and they're eight, five, and two. And the eight and the five-year-old, of course, they're always making these little videos, and they're wanting to go on YouTube and do this and that. And we really can't let them go on YouTube anymore. We can't. Because the stuff that's popping in the middle that's coming up as an advertisement is totally not appropriate for their age. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how have been your journey into this? Was it? Very challenging, less challenging, still challenging. And in terms of, are you people looking at, you know, raising money as such? I want to understand how is the market, how is the tech yeah. industry treating women, especially in terms of when they are trying to put up something, uh, some sort of a venture like this. Right, right. So, of course, we have a team and all of us have invested in it. So all of us have invested in the project. And that's how we started the project because... You know, we didn't want to take the time to go out and, you know, get investors and things like that. So we put a team together that could invest. And that's what we've done. So that part, you know, of course, it took some time, um, but that wasn't the hard part. You know, to me, the, more, the harder part, because, you know, if you surround yourself with the right people, the right people are going to come in. I totally believe that. But the harder part was, you know, explaining to the developers exactly what it is that you want, because I don't write code. Right. We do have somebody on our team that writes code, right. but yet we still have to get some outside help. So it was about that, making sure we're all on the same page and we all have the same vision, which we do. But everybody thinks and learns differently. So going through that and then trying it. OK, so now we've got to try it. Now we've got to let people on the site 
And then when you let people on and you've got beta testers in there, everybody thinks differently. So all the questions that came up, which is great, but then you have to go back into coding. Okay, this has to be changed. Well, it's not a drag and drop. You know, it's not drag and drop really in the tech world. I mean, it is if you've got yourself a made site, you know, there's some sites out there that you can build yourself a website and just drag the picture and drop it in. Well, not when you're building a site from scratch. That does not happen. So it has been a definite learning experience. Um, things I never thought I would have to know, I know now. I know some about coding, which is absolutely amazing. And I'm pretty excited. Um, I did learn some things. It was all too about researching other sites and and what do they have and what can we do different? Because we're not here to reinvent the wheel. You know, that's already done. We're not here to do something that's already being done. We just want to make sure that everybody is having a chance to monetize their content. So the journey has been, I, I say a long one, but quite honestly, I guess if I look back, it's probably been about two years, you know, to get to, to where we are now. And where we are now, I truly feel is great. It's great. And now that we've really put the site out there, people are starting to get on it, you know, and it's like anything else, any other business. It's really a word of mouth type of thing too. Somebody has to use it, say, oh, have you seen this? There's really no way to fast track that. Like there's no way to fast track that. And I think people think they're going to create something and everybody's going to come running. Well, we didn't think that because all of us on the team have had successful businesses and things in the past. So we know this isn't a click of the finger and everybody comes running. So we're patient with that. But I think that's something, too, for people to realize that, you know, if you really do have something that you're very passionate about and you know is going to work, to stick with it. And if it doesn't work, you know what? Switch your switch what you're going to do. I'll be honest with you. At first, we had these two sites. We thought, you know what? Let's make these not the kids' sites. So the kids' sites totally separate. But the two that we have intertwined together, we thought, well, let's have these separate. And then as we started going, we were like, well, this makes no sense. Why don't we just have this social site in the middle of our, our monetizing site for these creators and these influencers and these business owners? And it's made such a difference. So it's been a learning process. It's been a trial and error. If something doesn't work, you know what? Let's do it. And also getting feedback. So I think, you know, no matter what kind of industry you're in, you have to be ready for constructive criticism. If you're the type of person that gets your feelings hurt, don't try something like this. You know, because people aren't going to agree with everything you're doing and everybody has an opinion, but some of them are really legitimate. Like some of them, oh, wow. And I think that that's another thing that I love is that we put together such a great team that we all are just listening and, and taking in, okay, is this something we need to tweak? Because if so-and-so and so-and-so, you know, if enough people are saying it, we need to really look at this seriously because we want people to succeed. So I've learned a lot about that, learned a lot about patients in the tech world, how developers work, how their brains work differently than mine, to be honest. <laughs> because I, I mean, seriously, it happened a few times throughout the past almost two years where I have this thought and idea and I say, okay, this is what I'm visioning. This is what I envision. And then it comes back and it doesn't look like that at all. And then they explained to me what they were thinking we were both saying the same thing. We're just thinking different things. So it's definitely been, definitely been a learning process through the whole thing. But I, I absolutely love it. And I really feel that this is a need. This is a need. We need to help people to monetize. People are so absolutely so creative. And all of the tips that they're giving to people is worth something. Absolutely.
absolutely kathleen so in in terms of you see uh who are your main competitors then in there and second thing you know uh you have been a stay at home mom and then you are into this so how do you look at uh, how have you actually traversed that path because yours is a much more different but you seem to have adapted adopted that path very very well much more better than any professional yeah. person who had been doing it for many many years and i can see it in the confidence that you elude and talking about the venture so i want to understand it from that what helped you uh, yeah. get to this this position you know in the, from the from being a stay at home mom to uh, you know to a full fledged uh, corporate uh, you know thick and thin of the of the industry yeah. Uh, you know, I think it was the stay-at-home mom that did it to me um, is because being with my kids all the time and seeing the things that I saw. And, and also, when you're a stay-at-home mom, not that you don't have to learn this in any kind of job. Because, I listen, years ago when I was in my younger years, I was a, I was a single mom working a full-time job and two extra jobs, right? I know what it's like to be a working mom as well. But I was a stay-at-home mom for about 22 years. And I will tell you that I learned so much from that. You learn to be patient. You learn to be compassionate. You learn how to read people as well. Um, you also can sit back. I had a chance to have time to sit back and actually see what was going on in the world without having to be in it, right? So, and I think a lot of stay-at-home moms could probably attest to this. Not that you're not busy 24-7. I mean, it was the hardest job I ever had that, you know, I love because you're emotionally attached to your kids. but thing is, is I could sit back and kind of watch the rest of the world and I could get ideas and I could form my own opinions instead of, and I think when you're out in, in it, it's hard to look past it. Meaning even with the tech stuff, even with everything else. So I really think the stay at home mom part has actually prepared me very well for this. And maybe that's why I'm just, I'm going with it because you know what? It's like raising kids. You really are going to do the best you can do with what you know. And if you're passionate enough about it, which like I am about this and like I was obviously raising my kids, like it's going to work. I mean, if I have to make adjustments, if I've got to tweak this or tweak that, fine, I'm going to do it. I have nothing to lose here. And so that is the attitude I think that has really helped me in life in general, but be able to train, you know, go from being a stay at home mom into really a, I mean, I say a corporate type tech world, you know, none of my kids are at home anymore. The younger two are at college. So I look around some days and I'm like, wow, it's quiet around here. Um, but it gives me the time to be able to do these things. And, and then through the years, I did have other experience. You know, I, I owned, I owned a salon for a while. So a brick and mortar place. Uh, I had a fitness business I've been doing off and on for 30 plus years. So I, I definitely have business experience. Uh, you know, I've I've invested in real estate, which I still do some now. Things that I could do as being a stay-at-home mom. You know, I didn't have to clock in every day. So I had a little more choice to how I was going to grow money and see how it works. And really, that has prepared me now. And you never know what's going to happen. If you would have asked me five years ago if I'd be doing this, I would look at you like you were crazy because that wasn't even a thing in my head. Wasn't even there. But then when I dealt with, you know, the social media stuff with, with one of my kids and I was like, oh my gosh, which, where have I been? And then when I'm trying to help women, you know, in general, and that kind of goes along with the nonprofit as well, but you know, that's what I do. 
and you know how can we help them with what they're doing because and then you talk about like competition i don't really know that there is any now i will say though like youtube for instance let's just give that an example right you can put content on youtube well you're giving all your stuff away for free unless you have enough followers or you get to the point where you can start monetizing by people advertising on your site and now maybe people will subscribe to you but you have to be at a certain level well People starting out don't have that. They just don't have that. And it reminds me kind of of, you know, when kids get out of college, you know, to get that first job. Well, you can't get the job unless you have experience, but you need experience to get the job. So how do you do it, right? So what we wanted to do is create a, a space where people can go on and you can have a subscription channel if you want. You can have two channels. You can have a subscription channel and you can charge for all of your content or you can give your content away for free, but it's your choice. And so that's, really as far as competition goes, you know, the social media portion of it, it's connected to the other site. And that and the social media portion is all there. It's free. Put your blogs on there. It's free. SEO is going to pick it up. Like it's amazing the reach that it has. So we've been able to um, just make, create something that's not like anything else out there. So yeah, but I don't really know that there's a competition. Right. Right, Kathleen. One thing I wanted to understand, you talked about online safety. Yeah. Now, kids you talked about, and that's why you are bringing that platform. Elders, we are, you know, adults we know about. A lot of stay-at-home moms, they are also doing one thing or the other, like you were doing several things. It was like work from home, but you are managing so many things at the same time. How, what would you like to suggest to many of these stay-at-home moms who are doing what they are doing, they are dealing with money, but in terms of online safety, they may not be as aware of the, you know, mind that are working, mechanisms, you know, people are working on and trying to, and, and for them, it is the elderly, uh, the stay-at-home moms, kids, all these people can be, you know, easy targets, at least that's what they can think. What would you like to specifically tell stay-at-home moms how they can protect their money, their uh, their data, being online safe in every way they can because everything is online. And even if you are, you know, at home, the world can, you know, get crashed into your privacy, into your homes and yeah. steal away everything that is very important to, to them. So how do they do that? What is your understanding what would you like to tell them? Yeah, so I would suggest things that some people have learned the hard way. When you're making purchases online or putting things out there, use one credit card, one credit card, and make it a credit card, not a debit card. Nobody should be using a debit card online. I really don't understand why people do that. That's my own personal you know, uh, thought process behind here, but not really because your debit card is your money in the bank, right? That's your money that they can take if you're using that as a credit card. Right. But if you're using a credit card, it's easier, much easier to go and say, hey, listen, I didn't make these charges. Also, your PayPal account, so many things are connected to PayPal these days, right? You can pay this, pay that. Go through your approved creditors every once in a while. You are going to be surprised in the back end of your PayPal account who still has access to charge your cards or take money from your account. Don't think people realize that. The first time I realized it was probably about five years ago when I kept getting this 
I haven't bought this in a really long like years. And I went into that and there was about 20 different places that I had approved at one time because I bought something that they could keep charging my card. So make sure you do that. You know, I used to not be a fan of VPNs. I used to not be a fan of them because I thought this is really a pain. Like I just want to get on my computer. But I'm a more of a fan of those these days for the idea of privacy. I, I really, you know, you don't want people to know exactly where you are. You don't need to tell. I mean, right. they can find you anyway. Let's be real. They really dig hard enough. But you don't want people to be able to, you know, pinpoint exactly your location and things like that, depending, you know, you're with your kids, you're with your families. And so I would say that definitely for sure is to, you know, look into something like that for VPNs. and. The, that's for adults, right? And then you have your kids. It's, how do you keep your kids safe online? I'm going to tell you, it it's hard these days because whether you're a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, working dad, working mom, whoever you are, you do not know everything that's on their phone. And you also don't know what their friends have on their phones. And you don't know what their friends are showing them. So you don't have full control. And I will say to have your, give your kids a phone as late as you can. I mean, we didn't give our kids phones until they were in high school. And of course, you know, we were the only parents in the world that did that. At least that's what they told us. Um, but we, there were still, I don't, their brains aren't ready for that stuff yet. They're just really not. And I think for online safety, we have to know what our kids are looking at. And kids are kids. They don't, listen, they don't really deserve privacy. I'm just going to say they don't. Like they don't, you need to know what's going on on their phones. So that's another thing that me even, I mean, sometimes I tell that to moms and they're like, but then I'm, I'm invading on their privacy. They're 14 or they're 10. They don't need privacy. You need to know what's going on because if not the predators, as we you know, they're the ones that are finding your kids. They're finding your kids. So you need to find them before that. So you've got to be like the FBI. I mean, you got to be even better than that, to be honest. Because they're hiding things behind apps that you would never know about if you didn't know what you're looking for. And unfortunately, the social media sites, and this is why we wanted to create this kids site, is because the social media site are targeting our kids. So therefore, like if, if I go on, if I'm, you know, a 14-year-old girl and I'm searching for a white tank top, well, they're probably going to assume I'm a teenager and I'm a girl. So those sites are going to start flooding me with things that I probably don't need to see depending on the tags, right? Like, I don't need to see a naked person. I don't need to see sexual content. But it will be in our face. And those are the things that if we we have to not be afraid to just stop even calling it privacy. You need to keep up on your kids. <laughs> like, be afraid to cross that line. There's no line. There's a reason why you're not – actually, I was going to say an adult until you're 18. I really think that what I've heard, I have some friends that are, uh, you know, PhDs in psychology and all this stuff. And they're saying that the brain's not fully developed now until you're about 26. Totally agree. And, and some of it's because of social media, right? Because we have instant gratification. I mean, you remember when you and I were younger, like if you wanted to find something out, I get it. My dad, I remember buying, a, he bought a, a set of encyclopedias right. so that we didn't have to go to the library all the time, right? But that was our source right there. Now, with the with the instant gratification, that part of the brain's not being developed Absolutely. like it used to. They don't problem solve because they can Google it. 
So, the, you know, our kids aren't ready for all this stuff that, be, that they're being bombarded with. So that's just a word out to all parents. Like you, you've got to be on top of what your kids are seeing online and not be afraid to see it. Look at it. Tell them you're going to look at it. They're not going to be happy, but, you know, it is what it is. You might save their life. Right, right, Kathleen. So when, when you talk, talk, tell them, tell your kids, do you tell them that, listen, it is, you can't have privacy. I need to know everything. What is yes. their reaction? With the phones. Yes. I told them, you know what? The phones have to be plugged in by 10. I will tell you, I'm going to randomly look at your phone just so you know. This is not a secret. I'm going to look at your phone. I mean, you're living here at the house. I'm paying for the phone. <laughs> and right. you don't need to see all this stuff. And like I said, when we went through some things that we went through with one of our teens, and I saw the stuff that she was seeing. I, my mouth dropped open. I, I, I mean, it's kids teaching kids how to do things that they have no business teaching kids how to do. Harming themselves or sexual things or things like that. That's what's happening out there. So, yes, I'm, I mean, no, you, you don't need privacy when it comes to that. I mean, I'm going to let you go, you know, go take your shower, go do your thing. I mean, that's normal stuff. But when it comes to your phone and what you're seeing, no, mm -mm. because back in our day, our parents didn't say, oh, go sit. And I mean, they weren't handing I mean, back in our day. It was magazines, right? I mean, they're not giving us that stuff. Well, right. now with the phones, it's just all right there. It's all right there. Absolutely. And that is where it is. A lot of privacy issues are there. A lot of protection is needed for everyone, especially there is much to learn about all these things from you, Kathleen. And I'm sure with your platform, a lot of kids will be able to utilize, get better content and also monetize it. And also for others, also, you have that platform. So I'm sure. So a lot of people who would want to understand more about you, more from you, talk more about women in tech, about tech in general, about online privacy. What is the best way for them to connect with you? They can go to my website, which is KathleenMiner.com, and you can get in touch with me that way. And then it has my Instagram links and things like that. And so, yeah, feel free. Reach out. Let me know what you think. My name's spelled a little bit different, which I'm sure you'll have in there. It's C-A-T-H-L-E-N-E-M-I-N-E-R. Both, both names are spelled a little different. So just reach out, ask me any questions, and I'd love to hear your thoughts too. I'd love to hear people's thoughts about what have they dealt with with especially kids' safety or their own when it comes to online stuff, what are they seeing missing in the tech world that would make this safer? Because it's only going to grow, and our kids are going to have a part in tech. I mean, like I said, I've got three grandkids. Even the two-year-old knows how to get the phone on and put on a song. I mean, I, it's crazy. So it's going to be a part of their life. So we have to make it as safe as possible. Absolutely. With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much indeed for joining us. Thank you for having me.